0: Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins are winners again. They defeat the New Jersey Devils by a score of 4-2. to That's now 2 out of 3 against New Jersey this year. They have the Devils coming up uh, next week in Pittsburgh. Um, I have a full game recap coming up for you all right after this drop. You're locked on, Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host. Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter lo underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. So I do have this new microphone. This is the debut of this. Um, just let me know how the audio is. You know, just go on YouTube, leave me a comment. You know, you can DM me on any social media or anything like that. I'm gonna have it set up. I'm not like obviously talking directly. Uh, into it, I think that would be um, a little overkill for your ears, but um, I think this, I've been doing some testing with it, just with audacity and whatnot, um, just let me know how this sounds um, and how it came out, or, you know, if the audio is better um, than what I did on my Mac, because, you know, I paid about 60 to 65 bucks for this thing, so um, I, I would like to think that this is pretty good here, but I'm um, very happy with it for right now. On um, The Penguins, of course, they get that 4-2 to win over the New Jersey Devils. Um, it was just a win that, you know, it, it, they. I, I, would say, I wouldn't say that they needed, but, you know, it's a game that you're expected to win. And, you know, you, you, you look at the underlying numbers here I've, as I loaded them up, up on my PC, 62% of the shot attempts for the Penguins, you know, 62 to 38 in, um, overall with that regard. The Penguins also had 53.6% of the scoring chances at 5v5. Um, overall, 50% for high danger, um, but the Penguins... Um, for expected goals, the Devils were a little bit better, 50.5% to 49.4%. But the Penguins did lead in high-danger goals, of course, 3-2. Um, to two. If now we go to all situations, the Penguins had 60% of the shot attempts um, there. They also had 53.8% of the scoring chances. They led in high-danger 9-6 to six, and including that third period where they took it to New Jersey. I'll get to that a little later on. Six high-danger chances in that period compared to one Uh, for the Devils, 3.84 expected goals for 2.76 for New Jersey. Um, But, you know, I thought in the the game's opening, you know, five to 10 minutes, um, the Penguins really brought it um, with regard to their forecheck. Um, They were definitely, I would say, passing the vibe check um, as, you know, Jesse Marshall and a couple other people say on Penguins Twitter. I thought they were skating with authority. Um, They were just looking really well on the ice. You know, they were defending hard. You know, everything that, you know, they needed to do in those first five to ten minutes, um, they did, and then some. You know, I know there was no score after the first period, but, you know, John Daly's he was playing a really nice uh, game, R- really nice period in net, I should say, for New Jersey. Tristan Jari matched him at the other end. Um, second period, though, you know, the Penguins obviously give up that goal to Jack Hughes. I saw some people kind of ripping on Jari for that. I didn't really understand that just because, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that was just a really nice deceptive deceptive shot, I should say, from Hughes. And he's he he's always been that kind of player. You know, just to see that jump from year one to year two to year three now um, for him, you know, th- this guy's a superstar and he's only going to continue to get better. Um, obviously, you know, the Penguins, they were able to tie it up a few moments later, courtesy of Um, Of Mike Matheson, um, what a bomb that was! And you know, I'll say it now for you all here. This is probably the best hockey we have seen from him um, throughout his career. Um, I'm pretty sure you know Jason of Penguins Twitter put up this graphic. um, If I can go into, you know, I I DM with him all the time, and he's probably one of the best followers on Penguins Twitter. He Looked up, you know, Matheson, someone on Matheson's underlying numbers, courtesy of Andy and Rono, um, And all of these percentiles are data from Natural Stat Trek, Puck IQ, and Corey Snatcher with his, you know, his project. Uh, Matheson is in the 90th percentile this season for offense, 90th for scoring, 87th for shot contribution, 91st for defense, 94th for transition. Zone um, entry denials, 97th percentile. Play driving ability, 95th percentile. Shooting shooting overall, 94th percentile. Um, Entry passes, 76th percentile. Possession exit, so obviously coming out of the zone, 79th percentile. The only one that he is not, you know, above 50%, high danger assist. It is crazy how good this player is this year and you know what they're getting out of him, you know, for how much money he makes. And, you know, Adam Gretz from Penguins Twitter also wrote about this as well, you know, did, well, he's going to be writing about this as well. And I'll talk about this here. Did the Penguins potentially win the Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist trade? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh my God, you know, slam dunk trade, you know, obviously my thoughts are, you know, that it's still probably a bit much, especially with his contract, but this year, he is he's living up to that deal um i wouldn't say in denson i think you know this is this is the kind of hockey that i think the fan base and the management needed to see from him because of what the team gave up you know hornquist obviously great in the locker room a really big leader off the ice but you know his play on the ice was huge i mean one of the best net front presences in hockey great on the power play great in even strength you know he cleans up the garbage um anytime heck you know he also has an underrated shot I would say as well, but, you know, and then to get Matheson back, who really wasn't moving the needle much in Florida. I mean, sure. He, you know, we always joke about the Mike Matheson experience and all that, but, you know, he's been also able to turn around his defensive numbers this year as well, because usually that's where he's weakest with his game, right? He's usually not good in the defensive zone, he uh, he allowed a lot of, you know, zone entries last year. But this year, um it's been a complete 180. And I think a lot of that, you know, does have to do with Tar Reardon doing a really good job with him. I mean, I, I think th- that's the thing there. And, you know, they, they were able to maybe work on some stuff over the offseason. I've noticed his skating is much better. But, you know, every time he exits the zone, no one can touch him. He'll have to knife around sometimes two or three other players. And he does it with ease. I mean, he has a bomb of a shot from the point he's used that to his advantage this year. Honestly, outside of Chris Letang, one could easily make the argument that Mike Matheson has been the team's best defenseman this year. And I know Brian Dumoulin has been really good since that, those early season struggles. I'm not discounting that. But with how much offense Matheson has brought to this team, um, you know, honestly, I, I, I right now would put Matheson over Dumoulin just for this season – Alone, I think he is having a better year. And, and again, I know how great Dumoulin is defensively, but you know what I saw <clears throat> in that game against New Jersey was just—it was top-notch. And you know, I don't think enough people are talking about Matheson this year for how good he's been. I, I would love to maybe see him get some more minutes if, if they want him to. But you know, if, if they also want to keep playing him with Chavarriol, I'm fine with that because you know, at the end of the day, this player can't exceed. Playing top pairing minutes, you know, or even, you know, sometimes higher second pairing minutes, which is, you know, 22, 23 minutes a game. If he's playing 15 to 16, maybe even 17 minutes a game, that's perfectly fine. And he's been doing that, you know, for a lot of this year. So um, honestly, I think that was my biggest takeaway from that game, which is how great he was. I know the team overall was pretty good, but um, I figured we had to start with Mike Matheson because um, of how awesome he was. So I have a lot more to get to for this show of Locked Up Penguins podcast, including a preview for Tuesday game against Philadelphia, going over a couple of stats when it comes to Sidney Crosby chasing his 500th goal. Uh, there's a couple of nuggets that I do want to share with you all um, on that and how this is definitely feels very poetic if happens on Tuesday. Going to also bring up Brian Rust and why I think I'm warming up to the idea a lot more than I used to be of paying him whatever the hell he wants Brian Boyle and how he's making me eat crow, and you know another stellar performance um, from Tristan Jari. But before we get to that, you know, we, you know this is the time of year. That I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but you know, it's not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to the Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually do enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the best Built Bars out there. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they are marshmallow, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. And yes, they're probably going to be your new favorite if they try them. If you try them, excuse me, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bars with them as well. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. And of course, 17 grams of protein. You know, there's all those flavors with mint brownie, coconut almond, you know, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, you know, they're going to make it. So go to built.com, use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter, at LO, underscore Penguins. So getting into Brian Russ's goal, um, you know, he has now 16 goals in the last 16 games. And, you know, honestly, you know, I, I really was against this idea probably about a few weeks ago. But as he's continued to produce... And I believe right now he's up to 37 points in 27 games. That's almost over a, I believe that's over a 100 point pace for an 82 game season. Um, you know, I, I think the Penguins are going to have to do whatever it takes to keep this player at this point. And you know, if, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that I, I'm not a fan of paying players who are you know at his age limit. You know, he's right around 30 years old. He's going to be chasing the bag. Um, you know, the chance, you know, the one chance that he can because you know, remember that that last deal he signed, he didn't really have the value he has now just because you know that he didn't have a big sample size. Now that he does, and he's been a great player for the last two seasons, more and more teams are noticing that, and they're going to be like, okay, we need to outbid this one team. And you know, he, he could be a player that you know certainly goes for over seven, seven million per on the market. I could easily see, um, a Zach Hyman kind of deal for him a bit later, but. You know, I think for the Penguins, they're going to need to figure something out because you know he's great on the top power play. He's great at even strength on Sidney Crosby's line. You can put him on the penalty kill. Honestly, you can put him in any situation and he will excel. You know, this is not just you know that speedy player that we saw in 2015, 16 who came up out of Wilkes-Barre and didn't really know what he was doing. Did he struggle? You bet he did. You know he couldn't really score that much. You know he started playing a little better in the playoffs, but you know it was that next year and the year after that that. Really, I think, showed a lot of people, wow, okay, this is not just, you know, a third or fourth-line player. This is a bona fide top six winger. Um, and, you know, the Penguins, I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to do this, though. Obviously, the big question is the salary cap. You know, you still have Chris Latang and Evgeny Malkin unsigned. You know, I know Jason Zucker still has another year left at $5.5 million. If the Penguins can get a taker for him, um, I think that would be huge. Obviously, Kasperi Capitan. I'll get to him a little later on in the show. I think if they don't decide to bring him back, there's a lot of money opened up right there. I don't know what's going to happen with Evan Rodriguez. If he's going to come back, um, you know, are they going to to make money? Are they going to make room, excuse me, for P.O. Joseph? That's also a good question too because, you know, they would maybe have to move one of the defensemen though. With how Pedersen and Matheson and Dumlin had played this year, um, I, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, at least in my opinion. So I think right now the Penguins are going to have to be creative with how they do it, but I still think this is a player that they can't afford to lose. I know the cap, it's going to be a lot. There's probably going to be some no trade protection in there, but with how he continues to produce and how he continues to get better game after game after game, um, this is a no brainer. Um, You know, this is, he's a player that, they can't afford to lose because if he does walk, and again, there's still a good chance that he does. I think the penguins are going to have a hard time replacing that value um, or hard time replacing him. Overall, you know, it's not going to be in house. I'll tell you that you're going to have to go outside the organization and get someone that can do what he does, does, because they do not have anyone in Wilkes-Barre that can produce like he does or, or, um, in the lineup. Um, I'll say that here as well. But, you know, great deflecting a goal to, again, uh, it made it two to one in the third period before New Jersey got a ridiculously lucky goal uh, from Nico. Hischier. I I don't think I've seen a more luck, a more luckier goal than that. I probably have, but, you know, I, I gotta be, you know, a little over the top at some, sometimes, but, you know, basically shoots, it goes off the Tang skate, hits the post and then off Tristan Jari's patent in the net, it's just like, wow, you, you, you can't make that up. But, you know, another big takeaway that I did have as well, you know, outside of that goal, because it goes hand in hand with this, I think, is that the Penguins really outskated the Devils in that third period. Um, you know, they were they were skating them right off the ice. Um, I think, in my opinion, that New Jersey really couldn't do anything outside of that. He's goal. And, you know, the Penguins were able to make it three to two. Courtesy of guess who? Brian Boyle, he gets his sixth goal of the year. And I, and I will say this right here, right now. I've probably said it a couple of times, but, um, excuse me, I haven't said it in a while. Uh, I was wrong about him. I have no problem saying it. You know, I will eat a lot of crow on that, just like I did with Cody Cece. You know, I didn't expect anything out of Boyle this year. I certainly didn't expect him to be, you know, over halfway to 10 goals on a fourth line role playing, you know, with Dominic Simone and Zach Aston reese for a lot of these minutes, but... Um, He has just been, you know, a great veteran presence for the Penguins and a player that, you know, he can do it all in a bottom six role. If he were to be in the starting lineup for um, the playoffs, even with, excuse me, Kasperi Kapanen and Jason Zucker healthy, I don't think I would have a problem with that. I mean, the Penguins would have to figure out Something here to keep him in the lineup. I mean, do you scratch Kasperi Kapanen over him? I mean, I'm sure some fans would have a grovel about that, but, you know, I think some others would be like, okay, maybe this is Mike sending him a message just because um, Kapanen has not been good this year. But, you know, again, I I would have no problem seeing Boyle in the starting lineup. Um, Just, you know, like just that that goal that he scored, um, just, you know, right from the slot, gets that um, puck from Matheson, who originally shot it from the point, and he's able to fire it. Um, blocker side past Gillies, a goal when the Penguins badly needed it. And, you know, you can you can see how much he means to the other players as well because whenever he scores or whenever he does something well, um, they swarm him, you know, with so much love and all that. you know I was watching um, Mike Matheson's post-game press conference and the way that he was talking about him, um, it just goes to show, I think, how much respect the players in the rocker room have for him just because, you know, he's obviously been through so much in his career. He didn't play last season. But to see him playing at this level um, has been awesome. What a find this was from Ron Hextall. Because, again, you know, I thought there were players in Wilkes-Barre that, you know, could easily do, you know, what he's been doing. But, you know, the fact that he has six goals already this season and with how good of a penalty killer he's been, I mean, he was basically killing penalties by himself against New Jersey. Um, it's a no-brainer for him to continue playing. Um, I think when Bluger comes back, and I think he'll, he'll be the first one to come back, There's, he, I believe he's in week four of his recovery right now. Um, I would scratch Simone and keep Boyle in just because of, of the level of play that he is at right now. And I don't think Simone has been bad, per se. I just think Boyle is playing just at a better level right now um, than Simone. So want to shout out Brian Boyle. I would not be... Uh, I would not have a problem if he were in the playoff lineup and, you know, it's just, it's just great to see him, you know, use, you know, his long, you know, reach to his advantage. His skating has been really good, you know, just, just been a great player um, on both ends um, of the rink. Now a player that continues to struggle, of course, Kasperi capnan I mean, the amount of times that he comes into the offensive zone and just pulls up at the defensive blue line and stops, um, you know, you, you could have enough stuff to, you know, fill the Allegheny river. Um, it is. I don't know what's going on right now. I, I gotta think it's 90 to 95 percent confidence. Um, I know he talked to Joshua of the athletic recently and saying, you know, he know we know he needs to play better and all that, but it's like Kasperi, man, you gotta show it. I mean, you're an RFA after this year. We're gonna know pretty soon how the organization feels about you because if they don't extend him a qualifying offer, I mean, this player could be, it'd be out the door. And right now, I mean, you're seeing people you know, say that he should be traded at the deadline. I honestly wouldn't mind if he was, I still think the team does need another top nine forward. You know, if Casey Desmith continues this up and I know it's only been two starts, so let's pump the brakes. I know a little bit here, but if he does, I think the next immediate need for the Penguins is a top nine forward because you can't trot both Kapanen and Zucker out there for the playoffs and expect both of them to produce. You know, I, I personally trust Zucker a lot more than Capen. I know, you know that might be a hot take to some people. But, you know, A, Zucker at least plays his tail off. He actually played pretty good in the one game coming back from injury. And, you know, I I, I think he's there's, – there's a lot of talent in there. It's just a matter of him finishing his chances. And once those start to happen – he will be perfectly fine with Kasperi. He's barely even getting chances just because he has no confidence and you know he's not using his foot speed to his advantage. You know, I was looking at some clips today from Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And, you know, one of his biggest attributes last year with his success was him just going into the offensive zone and just blowing past defenders, firing wrist shots over the goalie, and then boom, you know, he's on the score sheet. He hasn't been doing that at all this year because he's not trusting it for whatever reason. I don't get it. I don't know why he's not doing it. But if he can get back to doing that, you know, maybe more people, including myself, will get off his butt a little bit. But until that starts to happen, people are going to continue to come after him because he has been probably the worst player um, on the team this year. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's Jack Johnson level or anything like that, but it still needs to be better. um, That's for sure. Then um, of course you know uh, Jake Ensel was able to end the game with an empty worth about a minute to go, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are now first place in the Metropolitan Division going into that game on Tuesday. Um, that that we'll we'll be previewing that that coming up, excuse me, in the next segment. I don't know why I just started over that. And of course you know I'll give you all a couple of stats regarding some big history that could go down um, with Sidney Crosby. But before we get to that, football might be over now, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, play performance prompts to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline is the new number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes, you're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. So Penguins, you know, cross-state rival Philadelphia coming into PBg Paints Arena On Tuesday, the Penguins will try to make it three in a row uh, over the Flyers um, this season. They'll also try to make it four in a row overall against the Flyers going back to last season. I know the Penguins lost um, five of eight last year to Philly, but um, in their final meeting, of the season the penguins actually won that and of course the penguins have won the first two meetings this year so pittsburgh is currently on a three-game winning streak against them you know the flyers lines this year um let's just say that they're really freaking bad um right now so obviously i, I definitely think carter hart is going to start but oscar Lindblom, claude Giroux, cam atkinson okay not a bad top line james henriksdike scott lawton and travis connect but then their bottom six um morgan frost is their third line center Uh, Ratcliffe, Bunneman, Willman, Brown. Um, a lot of these players I honestly do not even know that well, and that just goes to show, um, you know, how banged up the Flyers are this year. I mean, obviously, not having Sean Couturier is so huge. Um, he's gonna be out for the rest of the season due to having surgery. Um, just he's one of the best defensive centers in the league. Then you get to their defense, and it is a whole nother level of bad. Ivan Provrov with Justin Braun. As the top pairing. That is bad. Uh Travis Sandheim with Sealer on the second pairing. And then Kevin Cannot and Keith Yandel on the third pairing. That honestly might be the worst Flyers lineup I have seen in close to a decade. Um it, it's been a while since you know Philadelphia was this bad. You know, usually they're a middling team, they're in it till the end. Even last year. Oh, you know, they remember they for a while they were top three in the Metropolitan Division before you know they had that awful. A month with their goaltending Carter Hart just stunk um, and you know Brian Elliott was real bad and then you know that just basically um, screwed their season um, but this year you know they just they haven't gotten scoring their defense is not that good and it's funny because Carter Hart is actually having a great bounce back year. and again he, he just hasn't gotten any help but you know obviously the big news for this game Sidney Crosby chases his 500th goal if I were you all listening to this podcast please you know bet the house on him doing this um, this would be his 50th career goal against the Flyers, a team that he loves to dump on every time he plays. Again, also his 500th goal. And if he scores that goal, it'll be Yarmir Yager's 50th birthday. So, again, to repeat, if Sidney Crosby scores tomorrow, it'll be his 500th goal. It'll be his 50th goal all time against the Flyers. And it'll all come on Yarmir Yager's birthday, 50th birthday. So that is just very poetic. Um, Right there. And I hope Sid does it. You know, this is the game that I've been waiting for just because, you know, it would be a peak, you know, Penguins Flyers thing just because, you know, Sid, you know, he, he loves to torment that team. Um, but overall, I still think this is a team that the Penguins should beat. Um, Philadelphia is not good in any facet this year. They're going to be selling, I think, a few assets at the deadline, especially called Giroux. I mentioned that it would be funny if Giroux made his way to Pittsburgh, but um, I think in my opinion, he's probably going to go towards a team like Colorado. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense just because they're all in. Um, a lot of their players are having you know career years. Kale McCarr, Nazem Kadri, Nathan McKinnon's been great. Andre Burakovsky's playing well, Um, you know, Miko Ranton and Gabriel Landeskog. The the list goes on and on and on um, for that team. So I I, I personally think it makes a lot of sense um, for Colorado. But um, this will be the third of four meetings against the Flyers. They'll play, I believe, I believe believe they'll play them one more time um, in Philadelphia a little later on in the season. But you know, after this. Um, I'm going to say this right now. The penguins schedule is about to get nasty. Um, we are about to find out just how good this team is. I'm loading this on my phone for you all um, right now. So if I can go to the penguins schedule here after this game against Philadelphia, they go to Toronto. They host Carolina for the first time this Sunday, February 20th in Pittsburgh, New Jersey comes to town. That should be an- hopefully be another win. They then play the Rangers at home. They then go to Columbus then they then go to Tampa Bay and Carolina on a back-to-back to start March. And then they have Florida at home, Vegas at home, Carolina at home. They go to Nashville, St. Louis, host Columbus, go to Buffalo, new, the Rangers again. The Rangers again after that on March 29th at Minnesota, at Colorado to start April. The Penguins are going to be running the gauntlet here. You know, I know they're in first place right now. I understand the Hurricanes have – you know, three games in hand as well and i i would say that they're the favorite at this point for the metro but again we are about to find out just how good um this team is you know i've been saying you know all uh, for a while now that they're a Stanley Cup contender let's see if they can go out there and prove it you know by beating a good chunk of these teams so we'll have to see what happens i definitely think Teddy Blueger will be coming back here in the next couple of weeks that'll be huge there's all, so far no update on Jason Zucker's status but you no know, Good win for the penguins on Sunday. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another full game recap episode for the matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. I hope you all enjoy listening to this one. I'm also gonna have my camera a little bit actually on my PC. I had to move it um just for you know a couple a couple of reasons. But um again, let me know how the audio is, It'd be greatly appreciated. Um, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday. Have a great Monday.